Good to see some of our college students today. It's an, um, an unplanned break. Many campuses canceled classes as a result of Hurricane Florence, and so it's good to see some of you all here today to, as we worship uh, together. I want to invite you to follow along as I read from the book of James, chapter 3, verses 1 through 12. You'll find the words on the large screens as well. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest, what, consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and itself on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. By the end of this past week, I hadn't decided how I would begin the introduction to today's sermon, so I, Friday afternoon, I just put it away and let it percolate and came to the clinic yesterday to join you all in serving our community, and then figured I would go back home and finish things up and get that introduction worked out. And while I was at the clinic, I had an opportunity to talk to a gentleman named Michael. And after hearing his story, I sensed that God gave me the introduction to today's message. Michael is legally blind, visually impaired. He and his twin brother were born and were premature and in the NICU. He's in his late 50s, early 60s. He was waiting on the bus to come and get him. I had seen him earlier and greeted him, shook his hand, and then while he was waiting to be picked up, I sat down and had a little chat with him. I learned that he enjoys football and baseball. He loves the, I know some of you don't, but he loves the New England Patriots and Matthew, the Boston Red Sox. I learned that of him. I also learned that he's Methodist and his church comes and picks him up and takes him to worship. And he loves to read the Bible. 
I thought he was about done talking, and I was going to get up and go see some other folks. And then he said this, but when I was younger, I couldn't see, and all the kids made fun of me at school. I had to press my nose almost down on the book just to see the words, and I had to sit so close to the front of the classroom, right near the chalkboard, and they made fun of me. To write something on the chalkboard, I had to nearly press my face on the chalkboard. And the kids were so mean. They were bullies. I didn't say anything to anybody. I just kept it in. And tears came from his eyes. And I think he's late 50s, early 60s. All these years later, the pain was as if it had just happened yesterday. I thought of those words, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. And I know that rhyme is geared to help us to be strong and to let those words bounce off. But as an adult, I know that that is far from the truth. Words do hurt. Words can kill. Like me, have you ever said something or tweeted something or posted something or emailed something that you later regretted? Or have you ever been hurt by someone else's words? Most of us can identify with these scenarios. Words can heal, and as people of God, we want to embrace that. They can move us to love and to smile and to laugh, but they can also deeply wound. The writer of Proverbs says, "'Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones.'" But a couple of chapters later in chapter 18, the writer says, but just uh, death, says death and life are in the power of the tongue. As we continue our study on the book of James, our goal is to live and to produce good fruit. There's a lot of language about producing fruit in the book of James. We desire to do that. We strive to do that with God's help. This includes how we do things but it also includes what we say and how we say it. Today's passage from James, I believe, will help us through the power of the Holy Spirit pay attention not only to our words, but to the source of our words. If you remember the words of Jesus who said, for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. I want to talk for a few minutes today about taming our tongues and taming our tweets. Tweets referring to all the social media things that we have access to. James reminds us first in chapter 3, verses 1 and 2, that we are held to a higher standard than others. He refers to teachers. He says, not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. I understand that. If you are teaching God's Word, you are held to a, a higher degree of accountability. But I believe that this passage really, if you'll permit me to translate it more broadly, refers to all believers because we are all held to a higher degree of accountability. I remember a few days, maybe it was a week or so ago, Isabella and I were driving up Huguenot Road toward Robius Road, heading over to the ball field for softball practice. And beside us was an SUV with a Jesus fish on the back. All right, you know the story because you've seen it. And the person was right there, and then they rolled their window down, 
blew out a big puff of blue smoke, cigarette smoke, and then proceeded to throw the cigarette butt out onto Huguenot Road where it smoldered. Now that car could have been borrowed by a family member or friend. Maybe the fish was already on it when they purchased the SUV. <laughs> right? So, right? But the, the fact that the symbol was on the vehicle to the world's eye made it susceptible to a higher degree of accountability. Others in the world hold us, when we are Christians, to a higher degree of accountability. I believe that this part of chapter 3 applies to all of us. Thankfully, James speaks of grace here in the next one. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. We're not perfect. I believe he's picking up on the same thought as, and theology as Paul does in Romans 3.23. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. James acknowledges that we all stumble. We are all in the need of grace. None of us is always going to use the language that we hope. We rely on the grace of God to forgive us and help us to do better next time. That's the good news. We seek to unify what is in the heart of God and in the Word of God with our words and deeds. James is implying that we need the power of the Holy Spirit to help control our tongues and our tweets He realizes how difficult this is and gives us some images to help us to understand this whole issue of the the tongue causing us to have trouble. He, in verse 3, gives us the image of a horse and how with a small bit, a small piece of metal and some leather straps, the bridle, we, the rider, is able to control a 1,000-pound or even larger horse, double that if it's a Clydesdale. Simple instrument directing the entire path of that large animal. Or if you've ever been on a cruise, y'all are a cruising folks, by the way. Well, a number of you have been on cruises in this congregation and, and have enjoyed those. And if you've ever studied cruise ships, you know that it's like a floating city. And James is saying that a large ship can be controlled by a small, simple rudder that's used by the pilot. Uh, Big cruise ship, giant cruise ship is controlled by a simple rudder in the back. Or what about a fire? You've seen many reports of the wildfires in California recently caused so much damage, devastation. And James says that the tongue is like a fire and it's like a spark causes a wildfire. The tongue can cause so much damage to be spread all over the place. We have to be so careful I read the story about Johnny Cash back in the mid-60s. At that time, he was having some trouble, and he was living in his vehicle, or in a tent perhaps, with his vehicle, out in Southern California in the wilderness. Apparently, the heat from the bottom of his exhaust of the truck ignited a spark and caused more than 500 acres to be burned. When the judge asked him, Mr. Cash, did you start that fire? Mr. Cash responded, Your Honor, my truck started the fire, and it's dead, so you can't question it. Well, Johnny Cash ended up paying what amounted to $500,000 in today's money for damages. The point of that story is, behind most wildfires is a person and a spark. And if we're not careful, 
our tongues can allow us to cause that kind of damage. James says our tongues are a fire, and unlike a tweet that can be deleted if you you get it in time, potentially limiting the damage, the wrong word said in the wrong situation can cause an uncontrollable blaze that will consume a community and cause irreparable harm. We also uh, today recognize words can and do hurt. James reminds us of that in verse 8, if you'll look at the verse. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Using an illustration of a deadly snake, maybe in that part of the world, an Egyptian viper that couldn't be tamed and can be very deadly if it strikes. Not only can the spoken word be like poison, but in today's world, toxic and also can be done with our thumbs and our keystrokes, meaning our mobile technology and our laptops. One survey conducted by the Pew Research Group of 4,000 people found that 4 in 10 of the people surveyed said they had been subjected to harassing behavior online. Politics was mostly the, the key factor to trigger the harassment. About a third of those said they'd been attacked, Democrat and Republican equally, and they said it was due to their political beliefs. More than half of those who'd been harassed said they didn't know the person who did it. It was anonymous. And nearly nine of ten of those said that anonymity online provides cover for vicious and harassing behavior. Among the adults surveyed, less than a third said they responded to it or took action. And slightly more than a third, they said they made no response at all. Now, these are good things. Social media is a good thing. It can be used for good purposes. We've we've acknowledged that here. Twitter is a social media platform that allows people to dump their thoughts on a world of with 280 characters or less. Used to be 140, but now they doubled it this past year. Maybe people wanted more space to dump stuff that other people don't want to read. But nonetheless, um, it enables us sometimes to put our digital feet in our mouths. Even those who don't use Twitter know about it these days because the president uses it a lot. Some say he's very dedicated to it. Others say he's addicted to it. You, you can be the choice of that. I'm not getting political. I'm just stating fact. Previous presidents before social media got their messages out via a speech or a press conference. These days, we are likely to hear things right away through um, the immediate access of social media by the leader of our country. Now, I will lead it, let you read them and lead it up to you whether it is a good or a bad thing. I'm just trying to state a point of what is that our access at our thumbs and how it can be hurtful uh, to others. Our tongues, our tweets, our Facebook posts, Instagrams, our snaps can do a lot of harm if we don't stop and think before we talk, tweet, and post. I think I have enough time, Stephen, left in the message to bring you up and share with us what you've experienced recently. You shared it with me and your class, and I think it's powerful for the folks to hear it today. So come, and then we'll wrap up after you, okay? Thank you, my brother. Thank you, Bob. Appreciate it. Uh, My wife, Dale, is going to be uh, late today speaking at the 11 o'clock service, and uh, she said, I have one piece of advice. Get your point across first before you wander off into your look-a-bunny moments. So I'll 
my, my message is, is this, and I, I spoke to this last Sunday at Bible study at James 119. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. It's something that's simple, not easy, and I believe it, it takes practice. Last, last Wednesday evening, I'm sitting at home on the sofa with an ice pack on my knee, and of course, you've got to have the phone nearby, get a little ding, and it's uh, my, my HOA. And uh, one of the members had sent a simple message. It read, we would like to thank everyone for attending tonight's meeting. And attached was, was this. It was an attendee form, and it was blank. Back to me on the sofa with the ice pack on my knee. I had just gone through surgery on my knee, requiring two weeks recovery. My boss had just messaged me. He didn't be in the next morning, which was six days later. My dad had just been given notice that he has three months, or I'm sorry, three to six weeks to live due to stage four cancer. My wife is having shoulder surgery in three weeks. My brother-in-law, I just discovered, was an alcoholic. Some good friends of mine are getting divorced, and I have an employee at work who has an inoperable tumor on his hip. I then responded to her sarcastic remark. I know we have a lot of college and younger age kids. If you could just cover your, cover your. No, I, I mean, I was, I was going, I was going. My thumbs were hurting. Finally, I hobbled to the kitchen because it was worthy of a laptop. Okay, I was, okay. So, about a fraction of a second before I hit the send button, I heard this little voice. And we, we hear from God and the Holy Spirit. This was at, when I was a child, it was, it was mom talking to me. And mom said, if you don't have something nice to say, there you go. I paused. I can't remember if it was something someone had shared with me or more than likely something that, you know, was put in my brain from the internet, but... When, when you have these times, I was told immediately, when you're, when you're frustrated, angry, write it down, type it up, and then throw it away. Delete it. Uh, if any of you come across a What Would Jesus Do bumper sticker, please get it for me. I'll put it on my truck. Uh, I think that's the mindset that you have to have. It takes a change of perspective. You have to ask yourself that question and then respond. God creates opportunities. This was, this was an opportunity for me personally to strengthen our community. Uh, being that I was laying on the sofa, I was the first one to see the message, and I did respond, and this was my response. I volunteer to provide awesome food and drinks for the next HOA meeting, sponsored by my favorite place on the planet, not Disney, Costco. A pre-meeting tailgate party, if you will, to bring neighbors together. Boom. If you can cook it, they will come. Problem, solution, done. And I, as I signed, uh, I'm a little bit of a funny guy, as I signed all my neighborhood messages, the mayor of Lower Farm Hill Lane. Needless to say, I mean, they were just blowing it up. Likes. How can we help? What can we do? Awesome idea. Imagine 
had I hit that send button. That would have been a really nifty train wreck to witness, huh? So, interestingly enough, two days later, uh, I asked Dave Cottrell, I said, I, I feel compelled to lead Bible study. Can you send the lesson? Dave sends the lesson. James 1.19. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. If anyone happens to come across my wife at Lush and Short Pump, let her know. I, I came back around to the point. Good me, good me. Hey, God bless you all. If, 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 if anyone, if, if several of you here, you know, just get that, hear that little voice when that time comes, when you're in a conversation. And God bless the youth because you guys have it easy. It, it's internet. You, you actually have time. When you're right next to a person, it's, it's a little more difficult. But you, you can take your time. You don't have to respond in you know, under a half a second. Um, hey, thanks again. God bless you. Thanks for sharing from your heart with us, Stephen. Very practical, and I know that you touched my heart, and I, I sense you touched the hearts of others, too. As we wind up, there's one more thing, one more little part of this passage that we could easily overlook if we're not careful, and that's verse 8. I'm sorry, it's verse 9. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. James picks up on Genesis 1.26, which tells us that we are created in the image of God. Male and female, created in the image of God. With the same mouth, we can praise God or curse others who are created in the image of a loving God. We must remember to treat others with dignity and respect. Even if it's someone on the other side of the aisle or in a disagreement, that everyone is a child of God and we must treat them with dignity and respect. Most of you know by now that Alice Waller, a longtime member of our congregation, died on September the 8th and we held her celebration of life service here on the 12th. And there was a story I gleaned in my talking with the family that didn't come up in the service or in the remembrance time in the Family Life Center. And I asked Reuben if I might be able to share it today, and he said graciously, yes. Many years ago, Alice and Reuben were members of Winfrey Church just down the road, and they had a ministry there for the homeless. And Reuben and Alice and the family would join in making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches to wrap up and then put in with fruit and cookies and other things in brown bags that would then go and serve the homeless. And Alice was very particular about making the sandwiches. She would not let them use the heels of the bread. Reuben said, we had lots of French toast with the heels. We had grilled cheese with the heels. Sandwiches with the heels. The birds got the heels, but the homeless, the people whom they served, got the good stuff. Alice knew that homeless people often got leftovers from everybody else, got second best. And even though it was simple, 
in the heel of the bread. She knew that that was usually the part of the bread nobody wanted, and it was the last in the bag to be eaten. She valued the worth and the dignity of everyone. And even if it was just for that one moment while that person opened the sandwich and saw that it was not the heels, it was all worth it. That's how she lived. And as we seek to produce good fruit through our lives, I think that's a good lesson for us all. Paul wrote, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as Christ forgave you. Let's pray. Thank you so much, Lord, for this very practical Scripture today that helps us understand certainly the value of our words and the way they can bless, but also the damage that can be caused if we use them to hurt others. Help us to be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry as we seek to be the presence of Christ to one another in the family of Christ and to those who are in our community to the ends of the earth. In the name of Jesus, we pray.